Well, some of you um, might know this, some of you might not, but last week our, uh, our family moved into a new house. Uh, we actually bought the house just south of the church property, uh, right on the other side of the offices, and so we are now officially neighbors to the church. Uh, you're a good neighbor so far, so thank you for that, appreciate that. Uh, we're excited about this uh, potential opportunity uh, that it brings for us to and our family to invest in the neighborhood and to open up our lives more fully uh, for, for ministry. Also, the commute into work is really sweet, so uh, grateful for that. But the reality is that the house that we bought, it needs a bit of work. That might actually be an understatement, and some of you who have seen it, you're saying that it is. Uh, it's a very old home. It was built in the 40s. Uh, and at one point, the, the house was turned into uh, to a, a business. It was being used for a business. And so there are a lot of features on the house that are a little bit different than what you might have on your house. And one of those features is that in almost every room uh, of the house, there is a door. Now, I'm not talking about an interior door. It has those too, but an exterior door. There's an exterior door on almost every room of this house all of the bedrooms have exterior doors uh, that's high on our renovation list um, but and every other room minus the bathrooms and the dining room have an exterior door it is currently a house full of doors now the house kind of sits up high off the ground and when we bought the house each of these doors had a way to get through the door it had concrete uh, steps leading up to them or two of them actually had a concrete wheelchair ramp that led up to the doors but on tuesday we had a demolition crew come out and our home turned into a scene from hgtv <laughs> minus chip and joanna and they, just, they, 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 they came in with a tractor and they demoed every bit of concrete on our property minus one driveway. Eight trucks, dump trucks full of concrete came out of our property. So now our house still has all of the doors. They're all still there, but there is only one door that you can really use to get into our house. Essentially, there is only one entranceway into our home. Now, why am I sharing that with you, other than the need for sympathy and prayer? <laughs> this morning, we are in week three of a teaching series where we are looking at the I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. And the text that we are looking at this morning, uh, the statement that Jesus makes, uh, is all focused on an entrance way. In John chapter 10, we read this from Jesus. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And then in verse 9, I am the door or the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now, uh, the ESV says I am the door. The NIV says I am the gate. The word that is used here is, uh, is it actually could be translated in really any entrance way. It's a door, a gate. It is just focused on an entrance of any sort. So what is it that Jesus means when he, uh, when he uses this, this kind of metaphor? What is it that he is revealing about himself to those around him and to us when he says this, when he says, I am the door or I am the gate? Well, if you've been with us over the last few weeks, you may remember that 
with each of the I am statements that we have looked at so far, there's some direct context that we are pulling from and that Jesus is pulling from uh, when he makes these statements. First, we looked at uh, where he says, I am the bread of life in John chapter 6. And he said that right after he had fed thousands of people on a hillside. And, and, and he had multiplied bread. And so he says, I am the bread of life. And then in John chapter 8, we read him say, I am the light of the world. And, and that came as he was at the Feast of Tabernacles. And he's standing in the court where this uh, beautiful and, and, and huge light ceremony, uh, which would have lit up all of Jerusalem, would have taken place. And so he says, I am the light of the world. Now, in this passage that we're looking at this morning, it has context as well. However, it's not quite as blatantly tied to a specific event. At least not that we can see quite as much as these other proclamations that Jesus makes. Rather, what Jesus seemingly is doing here is he is using general imagery that most of those he was speaking to would have grabbed hold of uh, just because of their everyday life. And that is the image of sheep and shepherding. Uh, There are actually two different statements by Jesus uh, that draw on the same imagery of shepherding here in chapter 10. And and we we heard both of them as we read through that. Uh, And they both come back to back within the same setting and sermon here from Jesus. But this morning, we're only going to focus on the first of these where Jesus says, I am the door or I am the gate. So let's read that passage again in its entirety, beginning in verse 7. Jesus says, Uh, So uh, uh, Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now again, to get a clear picture of what Jesus Means when he says this statement and what's behind this statement. It's, I think, helpful for us to understand a little bit about ancient culture, especially that that, that centered around sheep and shepherding. Of all domesticated animals, sheep are quite possibly the most helpless. Uh, They are totally dependent on the shepherd who tends them. Shepherds were their providers. They were the guides. They were protectors. They served as a constant companion to the sheep and and the shepherds and sheep they would spend so much time together that the sheep and and this still kind of happens today in some places in the middle east but the sheep would would recognize the shepherd's voice and we read a little bit about this earlier in the chapter of, uh, uh, in this chapter where uh, Jesus says the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice and 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 they would spend so much time together that the shepherd could actually call out and his sheep would recognize his voice and they would come to him they would follow their shepherd even if they had been mixed in with another shepherd's flock they would know and they would follow their shepherd as uh, he called shepherds were always with their flocks they would lead the sheep to safe places uh, to to graze and they would uh, make them lie down uh, in uh, for several hours in a shady place and then as night fell the the shepherd would lead the sheep to the protection of what is known as a sheepfold now the sheepfold or uh, really it was just a pen it was a sheep pen uh, there were two kinds of sheep folds or sheep pens one was kind of a public sheepfold which would have been found in cities and villages i think we have a picture it's probably something look part of it looks similar to this 
uh, and it would usually, these would be large enough to hold several flocks of sheep. And so the sheep pen uh, would be in the care of a doorkeeper or a gatekeeper whose job was to guard the door of the sheep pen and, uh, and during the night and then allow the shepherds to come through and get their sheep in the morning. And so the shepherds, when they came to the gate, the gatekeeper would allow them through, the shepherds would call out, the sheep would recognize the shepherd's name, and then he would lead them out to pasture. And so that's one kind of sheep pen that, uh, or sheepfold. The second kind of sheepfold uh, was what would have been found in the countryside. And this is where the shepherds would keep their flocks uh, overnight when there was good weather. You may uh, think about uh, early passage in the Gospel of, uh, of Luke where it says they were, there were shepherds in the field keeping their flocks by night, right? Well, it was good weather. They were keeping their flocks out in the field, okay? And so as they, were, they would pasture them, they, they would have this, these sheep pens in certain places where they would keep their flock. And this sheep pen was really, as you can see, it's just a, a bunch of rocks in a, a, a circle with one opening. And uh, the shepherd, they would drive the sheep into the sheepfold at night. And since there was no gate to close on this, the shepherd would just lay across the opening uh, of this sheepfold in order to keep wild animals out and to keep the sheep in. And so the shepherd would themselves essentially serve as the door or the gate for the sheepfold. Now, all of these images that we see here and we, we kind of think about, they all start to kind of come into place now as we come back to Jesus and what he's saying. All these images of a sheepfold or, 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 or uh, the gatekeeper are helpful as we come back to this text because these are the very images that Jesus is drawing from when he makes this statement, I am the door or I am the gate. Now, John 10 uh, is a, a, a section of scripture that we could pull so much different stuff from. Uh, and many commentators just have a field day with this area of Scripture. Uh, but this morning, I want us to just really look at two things from this passage that I think Jesus, when he makes this proclamation, this I am statement, I am the gate, two things that he reveals to us about who he is. Because that's what we're doing with these statements, uh, these I am statements, is we're looking, what is Jesus revealing about himself by making this statement? And so this morning, there's two things that we're going to look at that Jesus reveals uh, uh, of himself when he says this and the first is this as Jesus says I am the gate he's revealing that the way in is through him as Jesus says I am the gate he's revealing that the way in is through him he says verse 9 I am the gate whoever enters through me will be saved so Jesus says the way in is through me those who come through me will be saved. Jesus is using this image of the shepherd laying across the opening of the sheepfold and essentially becoming a gate or a door. And he's saying that I am the entry point into the fold. I'm the way that you have to come in. The way in is through me. Now, now listen, we could attempt to make all kinds of allegorical leaps and bounds with this statement and somehow... But, very plainly, what Jesus is saying here is that if you want to get to God, the way in is through me. He's saying that the only way to have a relationship with the Father is through me, the Son. Now, 
for some of us who are in, in church, not all of us, but for, for some and hopefully many, this may seem like a no-brainer. And we may kind of take it for granted, you know, that, that, that well, yeah, I get it. The only way to the Father is through the Son. But, but, but outside of the church, and, and, and increasingly inside of the church as well, uh, in a society such as ours, which is marked by relativism and, and pluralism, it is, a, it is controversial more and more to say that there's only one way to God. One of the default beliefs in our culture is that there are many paths that there are lots of different ways to get to God. Uh, you know, I do me and you do you and, and, and we all get to the same destination. You know, Jesus is just one of many options on the spiritual buffet. But Jesus, He says here, as He says, I am the gate, He's saying what you need to know is there's no other way in. Amen. There's no other way. There's no other entrance into the house. Okay? There's only one. I am the door. I am the gate. I am the entrance. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not other false gods, not other religious figures. And hear this, not by your own good deeds either. You're not going to work your way in there. And, it, and, it, and it's also, you're, you're not going to rely on the faith of your parents. And you're not going to rely on the faith, the fact that your great-great-great-great-grandfather was a pastor. That doesn't get, that's not going to get you entrance in. Jesus says, I am the gate. He's saying, this is the way to the Father. You know, the only way to salvation is through actually putting your faith in Christ. You know, we're going to look at this likely a bit more again as we get to John 14 and one of the other I am statements that we'll look at where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But what Jesus is revealing here, what Jesus is revealing here is he's saying, The way in is through me. If you want to get to God, I'm the way that you get to him. I am the door. So Jesus, he reveals this about himself, about himself to us. And, and the second thing that Jesus reveals to us, as Jesus says, I am the gate, he reveals to, to, to us that those who come through him will be well cared for. Jesus, as he says, I am the gate, he reveals that those who come through him will be well cared for. He says in verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now there are a couple of different facets uh, of being well cared for that are implied here in what Jesus is saying. Uh, that of being kept safe and secure and also that of being nurtured or fully provided for. By, by Jesus saying, they will come in and go out. Some people debate, what does that mean? Can you like take it, leave it, lose it, whatever. But here's what, what is going on in what Jesus is saying here. By saying they will come in and go out, Jesus is actually using a Hebrew term. He's using a Hebrew saying which described a life that was absolutely secure and safe. If the country was under siege, people had to stay within the city walls. But when they were at peace, and the ruler was in control. People were free to come and go. And they were, they, they were free to come in and go out as they wished. They had this freedom because of who was ruling. And, and Moses, he used the same language in praying for the one who would succeed him. If you look at Numbers chapter 27, he says, May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them. 
one who will lead them out and bring them in so the lord's people will not be like shepherd without a sh- uh, or like sheep without a shepherd and the picture here by using this term by using this saying the picture that the, the people would have gotten is that that as you've entered the fold through jesus as you've come through me the gate you have safety you have peace you have, and there's freedom in that as well because of who's ruling because of who who you come through you are secure in him now the other angle that 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 is here as jesus uh, says i am the gate is that that of nurture and sustenance being provided for uh for those who come through him the the Im- and this is the imagery that is behind him saying that they will find pasture it is a picture of sheep uh, and being led by their shepherd to a place where they have all the nourishment that they could they could ever need it is it is a picture of a shepherd leading his sheep to a place where they are well fed and their needs are met if you recall when we looked at, at jesus saying i am the bread of life he said what those who come to me will never go hungry you'll never never be thirsty when you, when you come to Jesus, you'll have all uh, uh, everything that, that, that you need. You'll have a life without lack. Sustenance in the Lord. And it's not that, that we have just this, you know, okay, well, we've got a genie in the bottle. I'm not saying that. And Jesus is not saying that. But He's saying, you come to Me and, 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 and you lack nothing that you need. You truly need. All of your needs will be met. And so what we see here, and this is what we see also in that, that as Jesus goes on here and he says, the, uh, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's the idea that is here as well with, with that term, life abundantly, or in other translations, life to the full. The word that is used here for abundance, it, it, it means extraordinary. Or, or literally, it means beyond. It is, it is this fullness. It is this overflowing. Think of, of Psalm 23, which we're going to touch on in just a, a bit, but think of my cup overflows. It is that life to the full, that life abundant. And in both of these angles uh, that, that we see with the safety and security and also the, the nourishment and provision, both of these angles, what we see is that Jesus is saying that as you come to me and as you come through me, you will have everything that you need. Everything that you need, which really it ties into that picture of a, of a good shepherd, which we're going to look at next week, right? The, the one who cares for his flock. It is the image of well-fed sheep, of, uh, uh, of those whose, whose shepherd knows how to lead them and, and, and leads them to pasture and to water and, 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 and who at night gives them safe rest in the sheepfold and whose, whose sheep flourish and are content. Now again, next week we're going to look at, 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 at that saying from Jesus, I am the good shepherd. And, and so we're not going to go down the road too much, but, but what is it that a good shepherd does? He does all of those things. I mean, if you look at the imagery of Psalm 23, probably one of the better passages to look at for this, what does David say? He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He leads me beside still waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Even though I walk through dark valleys, He is with me. I I, I have a cup that overflows. I have an invitation to a table. I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He is a good shepherd. 
And so as I've come through Him, I have everything that I need. Now real quick, contrast, contrast that, and I don't want to give this too much real estate, but contrast that with the thieves and robbers that Jesus talks about here. And what does He say in verse 1? Uh, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Or all, in verse 8, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. Or in verse 10, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. Now the immediate context in, in, in saying this it has to do with the religious leaders of the time who were leading the people astray. And he's saying this uh, right on the heels of, uh, of, of restoring sight to a man who was born blind. And, and, and so he's laying out to these Pharisees who, are, who are, are, are digging into this guy who's just been healed and they're digging into Jesus and they're basically saying that, that he's evil, that he has a demon, right? And that, that, that he's doing this by some other means other than God because they're, they're, they're threatened by Jesus. They're threatened by, by everything that he is. And so they're laying into this, and, and, and that's where he comes with the, this. He says, he says the, the thief has come to kill and destroy. And read that, the thief, any other way other than Jesus, brings death. Any other way, any other entrance that you try in life, it brings death. But I have come that you might have life. I'm the gate that you walk through if you want life and you want it abundantly if you want the fullness because, because as you come through me as you come through me you, 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 I offer salvation as you come through me I offer, offer everything that you ever need life abundantly as you come through me I lead you into, into, into safe pasture I'll keep you secure I'll nourish you but as you walk through these other doors that's what it leads to it's going to lead to death I, uh, I want to end with an a, a illustration or a story that some of you guys may have, uh, have heard before. Uh, but, but hopefully this will serve as helpful. It's a story about a father and a son. And the son loved art. So he and his dad, they, they began to collect it together. Uh, it became a hobby for them, and they began building this wonderful collection of art together. Now, the father, was, he was a wealthy man, and so he had, he had plenty of money to spend on this. And so he, he and his son, they would travel around the world purchasing these rare portraits and paintings and these wonderful masterpieces. And, and let's not think thrift shop art. Let's think Picasso and Van Gogh and Monet. They had this wonderful collection of art that was talked about in art circles all around the world of course the real joy in all of this for the father wasn't the art it was that he did this with his son he was a widower and and this was his only son and he loved his son so much and and, and he loved that they had this thing that they could share together they were buying these pieces of art but they were doing it together However, in the midst of collecting together, the son got extremely sick. And less than a year later, he passed away. Now, of course, the father, he's brokenhearted about this. But a few weeks later, there's a knock at the door. And it was a package that was delivered. And when the, the old man unwrapped it, it was a portrait that his son had actually commissioned of himself to give to his father before he passed away. 
Now, it wasn't a masterpiece as compared to the other pieces of art they collected, but it, it bared a striking likeness and resemblance to his son. And so the father, this painting became his pride and joy. It became the centerpiece of his collection. He took down the painting that he had over the mantle and he put it up there. And that was what, what every, every eye was drawn to as you came into that room because of the prominent place that he had given it. And so he, 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 he would look on this painting and it would bring him great joy because of the memory of his, of his son. Years later, the man grew ill and, and, and he passed away. And as he did, there was a, 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 a buzz in the art world because everybody was extremely interested in finally getting access to these paintings. And so they, they held an auction at his house. And the first painting that went up for, up for bid was the painting of his son. And so the auctioneer puts it out there and everybody's kind of looking at it. They, they, they know that it's really, compared to these others, that's not what they came for. And so the auctioneer opens up the bidding and nobody bids. Who will take it for $100? Crickets. Nobody's bidding on it. Finally, a neighbor says, I, I knew the family. I knew that the, the father loved that, that painting because it was of his son. And so, you know, I'll take the painting for $50. And so... The, the gavel falls. The auctioneer says it's sold. And, and, and at this point, everybody is ready for the real auction to begin. All of, this other, all of these treasures of, of art are, are about to, to be up for bid. But to their shock and to their dismay and to their surprise, the auctioneer says, ladies and gentlemen, the auction is now closed. And there's stunned disbelief in the room. Like, what do you mean the auction's closed? This is what we, we came for. What do you mean it's over? This is what he said. He said it very, it's very simple. According to the Father's will, whoever gets the Son gets it all. Whoever gets the Son gets it all. Now that story gives us such a great picture of what it's like when we receive the Son. Because whoever gets the Son gets it all. If you have Jesus, you have life in abundance. If you have Jesus, you have salvation. If you have Jesus, you have protection. If you, you, you have pasture, you have nourishment, you have everything you need. Life without lack. But you get it through the Son. Whoever gets the Son gets it all. And you know, John writes about this again in 1 John 5. He says, this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. There are a lot of other doors that you can try and walk through in life. There are a lot of other doors that you can try and, and, and make your entrance through. But there's one door. One door that brings life and brings life to the full. And that door is Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, if, if, if there's another door that you're looking at and, and, and trying to get through and trying to walk through, and you're saying, this is going to get me what I need in life. This is going to get me where I want to go in life. Reconsider it. Because there's one door that's going to bring you life. That's going to bring you salvation. That's going to bring you life to the full. And that is through Jesus. Would you guys pray with me? Oh, Father, we're so grateful that we have an opportunity to come and to, to join together in worship and to look at Your Word. Lord, it, 
it's kind of simple and straightforward. You're the way. You're the gate. We have to come through you. But we make it hard sometimes, Lord. Help us to see you as the one way that we come to the Father. To understand that. And to receive you in all of your fullness. To open our lives up to you. To put our faith completely in you, Lord. Lord, we desire that, 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 <laughs> that our lives would be marked by a trust in You. By obedience in You. By the life that comes through You. And so help us to see that. Help us to respond to that. And to receive it in all of its fullness. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen.